1: Hi, I'm Shelby Joe Long here with the Genius Entrepreneur podcast with the Strategic Advisor Board. And today I'm very, very fortunate to have a conversation with Shane Ammerman. Shane is the CEO of HCCI Protective Services, as you can see. And I am excited to hear him tell a little bit of his story and how his protective services company came about. And then we're going to get into a topic that has something to do with just about every parent out there. So Shane, welcome to the podcast today. Can you tell us about yourself?
0: Thanks Shelby, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to be with you today. Uh, My name's Shane and I'm the owner and founder of this security company, HCCI, Professional Protective Services. Uh, The reason I created this company, Shelby, is I have done security in one way or another, believe it or not, since I was five. I grew up in an environment that uh, I had to become a protector very young and it shaped everything of who I am today. And uh, when I moved to Denver, I had the opportunity of getting some security certifications in Israeli-based training and quickly moved into a company where I became a supervisor for that company. And one of the things that I was really uh, discouraged about in the security industry is that even that company ran by a world or a nationally renowned SWAT team professional that did heroic things in his career, uh, he engaged in security theater. He paid entry-level wages to individuals that are expected to protect lives, property, and assets. And uh, a lot of those professionals told me in their time of being our supervisor that if anything happened, I'm running, I'm not doing anything, these people on their own, I don't make enough to care about these people. And trying to help make that company better and implement better security protocols and procedures and pay even closing contracts for that company that would allow pay rates of 20 plus dollars an hour that owner and management was unwilling to put more towards their professions. And I realized that most people are engaging in security theater and security theater is the act of delivering security without the real capability of protecting uh, what we're hired to protect, whether that be lives, property, or assets. So I created HCCI Protection to fundamentally change the entire security company in the United States, the security industry, uh, by delivering real capable, highly trained professionals that are there to help mitigate or stop that threat when it becomes a reality for you.
1: Absolutely says so it right behind you: honor, courage, commitment, and integrity. Yes, yes, it's a such an important piece to what you do. Can you t- can you tell me a little bit about about why you developed it? So so there's a you know of course there's there's threats that you have some experience. Can you give me some more reason behind? why you are such an expert in this area?
0: Yes. Um, the basis of it begins when I was really young. I grew up in a very uh, violent background, a very violent family. And I had to step between real threats with a real trained father, and real trained stepfather at a very, very young age. And that paved my way into wanting to become a United States Marine, which I did when I was 19 years old. I got hurt in the beginning of my enlistment and discharged, So I didn't get to fulfill my my want and my dedication to serve and protect. And I sat in my heart at that point that someday I would create a security company to keep serving and protecting those that are in need. Um, we have very valiant officers out there, but the fact is, is understaffing the law enforcement community, current uh, agendas like defund the police that have left us even more short-staffed in our streets to protect those lives and those people. Uh, on top of uh, law enforcement is designed to be a responsive, Force. They have to first receive the call to respond to the emergency. Uh, security, uh, properly trained, adequately equipped professional security, is on site to mitigate and prevent that threat or respond to that threat now if it becomes a reality. And I wanted to create a team of people that were there to protect those lives, to co- collaborate and work alongside our law enforcement professionals in order to help keep our public safer. <clears throat>
1: Just amazing, such commitment to your country and commitment to service. And we just thank you for all of that and understand that that's a critical piece of what we the fabric of our community, unfortunately now, but the threats are much more pervasive. Now you and I, I both have children that are the same age. They're in elementary school, which seems which is such a which is such an incredible and fun and creative age to be at. And it's it so is great that they're able to go to school but the threat that they have threats that they have at school have become more pervasive over yeah. the past <laughs> say two decades would you agree okay. with that
0: absolutely and you see a sharp incline even in the last decade let alone the last five years sure it, it's just getting worse and worse all across the board
1: it's it's, it's frightening as parents yes. it's it is frightening that we that we have these threats. I mean, you're in Colorado. We've heard of things in Colorado. We've heard of things in Maine. You know, they're, 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 I'm in Montana. So it's not like we're, it's not exclusive to any certain area. It seems like there's there are more and more threats. Can you, can you talk to me about this, about the commitment to bringing awareness to this and just some, just, can you talk more about that, that your company is doing and you as a, as an individual?
0: can. So there's a couple different aspects of this that we're trying to bring awareness to. One is what is real security? What should you expect from a security provider? And how should security be ran? Unfortunately, the majority, 70 plus percent of security in the United States is what we call security theater. Those are unarmed professionals. Those are people that are put in a situation in a uniform with no tools to stop a threat or a bad guy. uh, And they're expected to give the appearance that they can do something. Uh, But the fact is, Shelby, if you're at a mall and a threat happens, if somebody grabs your children and starts running, if somebody grabs your purse and takes off, if somebody is robbing one of those uh, stores with a weapon and you go to find a security professional, what do you think that security professional should be capable of doing?
1: Hopefully stopping them.
0: Most of the time they're being told to observe and report and do nothing else. I have started questioning security professionals at different institutions that are completely unarmed. Uh, And I ask him, what are you supposed to do here? Uh, Whole Foods recently, I questioned one. He goes, "Uh, you know, other than delivering great customer service and making them feel uncomfortable, uh, we're not allowed to do anything but call 911. But why are you here? Uh, Walmart recently, unarmed guy, uh, same thing. He goes, I'm not supposed to do anything. I'm supposed to call 911. I said, how much are you making? He goes, $17 an hour. I said, so for $17 an hour, you are supposed to look like you can help somebody? What do you do when somebody comes up to you and tells you somebody kidnapped their child? He goes, call 911. I'm like, so you're still having to wait minutes when seconds count. Like 911 will never respond quick enough. They can't because they have to first respond to the call. So that's one thing we're really trying to change the notion of uh the second major thing and i'll go into the third which is really what we want to talk about Uh, but the second major thing is we are colorado's leading expert with the jewish community there's no company in the state of colorado that knows more or teaches more about jewish-based security and provides the security to the jewish community more than hcci protection Uh, we teach a perspective that's become lost in the security industry and that is complete community and cultural integration and what that means is it doesn't mean i'm becoming jewish or muslim or christian or catholic or a school kid right i'm not becoming a five-year-old school kid working in a school but what it is is integrating into how that culture works so you can build valuable relationships and build trust with the individuals on the inside of that organization so that they're willing to come to you in the event of a problem before it becomes a threat i'll use two examples from a school and i'll use one from the jewish community um, a couple years ago at a charter school um, we built such valuable relationships with these students one of these kids was, um, he had some unique characteristics about him that fall on a spectrum, okay? And I don't have the proper terminology to to really label what that is. That's not my place. Um, but he was a bit of a handful, but a great student. Really loved working with this kid, and so did my team that worked there. And uh, one day he ran away from the school. There were problems, right? And we were the first people that he allowed to find it we sat on a curb and talked while the other school officials approached he allowed the other school officials to approach without running away because we had built reputation and trust with this individual we would do push-ups with them we would throw a football we would put him in unique uh, arrest control positions just to foster relationship you got to understand when you're a kid and you look at an adult, oh, they know everything. I don't want to tell them anything. I don't want to talk to them. You have to understand that when you're in a, a protective role, you have to in- integrate and work with them in a professional manner. Okay, it has to stay professional. But it doesn't mean you can't let loose and have fun. And if you can't have fun with these kids, you will not build trust with them to where they'll come with you when there's a problem. And the second situation like that, a school was a 16-year-old girl coming to, at the time, my 63-year-old retired law enforcement officer And she told them about a problem that was getting ready to get physical, that they had tried to get help at the school. And it was going nowhere. And it had been physical and it was getting ready to get worse and they wanted help. And so we were able to come in and intercede, get the proper female at that school that we knew would be capable of helping these girls, these teenage girls. And we were able to get them help in a way that stopped the problem. We also taught them how to document this problem. Because unfortunately, let's be honest, schools have a very horrible history about getting bullying under control. And in fact, a lot of the times the bullied will get in more trouble than the bully. And so we taught them how to document this in case they had to protect themselves. So there's proof that they've tried to get help through the school and the school was failing. So those were two key aspects that we were able to help two different types of students uh, because of building, integrating into the culture and community we worked. Um, In the Jewish community, we understand the major different types of Judaism, how each different type of Judaism works, therefore how that community works. And we are able to spot a risk at a Jewish community that, thank God, was nothing. Somebody came to, to shul, it's what the Jewish people will call synagogue, on a Friday night with something that a Orthodox Jewish person would never carry on a Friday night. And so this tipped my team up to one or two things. One, it was somebody becoming a less observant Jew into more observant Judaism. And they didn't know um, because it was a valid thing they were carrying, or it was a threat that didn't do their research properly. And they were trying to blend into an environment. Your typical security guard, as I will call them, I will not call my team security guards, but your typical security guard, would never have caught that. And if that had been a threat, they would have been on the inside of the building and nothing could have been done until it was response time, not proactive. So the proper security team is a proactive deterrent that prevents the threats from becoming real in the first place, right? Bad guys seek easy targets. And when you see the properly trained, adequately equipped, professionally dressed, labeled security professional, that is a hardened, that hardens your facility to attack and makes the bad guys want to seek an easier target. Over 90% of active shooter situations have happened in gun-free and unprotected areas. Very seldomly do you see it happening in a protected zone with weapons and uniforms. Um, We've seen a lot of security professionals get killed in a line of duty recently, and almost all, if not all, of them have been unarmed and incapable of stopping an active shooter. They haven't had on a ballistic vest and they haven't had a gun to stop a shooter.
1: That's so frightening as a parent of small children. And I and I'm the, you know, I'm I'm not somebody that is trained with use of guns. I it frightens me to have one in my house, you know what I mean? And so it's, you know, having guns around might be might be intimidating, but it, you know, in a school situation, and I think about schools too, like schools, they they may not be trained in the appropriate protocols to use just to protect themselves, you know, and just like, I might not be trained to be able to protect my own home. And so yes, coming to an expert to do that, but, but we, we just don't want to, we don't want to have to need that. You know what I mean? And so in a school situation or what have you, but that doesn't mean we don't need it. So I think that's a, that's something that I wrestle with too and yeah. I wonder if a lot of parents wrestle with that but can you talk about can you talk about with schools just just some you know because because security is expensive and I'm not trying yes. to put money into it but it, yeah. but it is an additional cost on top of everything else school districts have a hard time meeting their budget pretty much every year so can you talk about some things that they could do just inside their community to be able to provide a a a better barrier, if you will?
0: Yeah, if we remove the physical security aspect out of it all, there are a lot of things we can do in our schools to better protect them. And unfortunately, a lot of this comes down to theater as well. They're telling people one thing while doing another. I was just in a conversation with a teacher recently that told me they don't know what to do. They don't have mass bleed stuff in their school. Uh, uh, An employee was recently threatened in a way that caused a lockdown, but they didn't communicate to the teachers properly. So they didn't know where that was coming from. And it was an insider risk. It would have been somebody's school knew because they were related to an individual that was an employee of the school, but yet they didn't communicate to these people where this threat was coming from or what it was. And so they very easily could have been let directly into the school. Uh, and there's a lot of other things that fall into that category, right? In active shooter situations, most people are dying. preventable causes they're dying from loss of blood okay and in most of these situations if the school officials if the teachers and i'm gonna say even students you know we want i want to develop a program for kids to learn mass bleeding control right and that means putting direct pressure that means using a turnip kit right these are easy things to do but let alone our school officials and our teachers don't know how to do that and if if we get better emergency medical response training Taunt mass bleed control. Stop the bleed is another proper term for this. Uh, um, Tactical emergency casualty care, right? Uh, We can save more lives when that shooting happens, right? By stopping the bleeding. Uh, EMTs aren't allowed into an active shooter situation until it's declared clear. There is something called a SWAT medic, and there's a couple other terms for that, that can team with law enforcement or SWAT teams and go in and deliver emergency medical aid before it's secured, but that's a lot less likely to happen so people are dying from loss of blood and loss of blood can be done in 60 seconds you have up to two minutes in a lot of cases depending on what kind of bleeding is happening but people need trained in chest heals, they need trained in uh stop the bleeding control so that we can increase the likelihood of these survivable things uh happening so we're not losing more people additionally happen. sorry shelby
1: <clears throat> no that's okay. I just wanted to I wanted to ask, you know, what can what can we as parents and we as school administrators do to make our schools safer to prevent to prevent the threat, if you will.
0: So, there's a lot of things to that too. Again, having a pres- a presented professional show of force is the best deterrent you can do. But you can, maybe you can't afford that professional show of force, that security company. There are things you need to consider. Uh, In a lot of the most recent shootings that have happened in schools, they have shot through doors, glass, to get into the school. There's something called ballistic glazing and that hardens the glass, ballistically speaking, ballistic means against guns, bullets. There are different levels of this and that can make the glass resistant to being shot out. Most glass, when you shoot it, will immediately fall apart. Ballistically glazed glass holds together still one shot, and even prevent some calibers, depending on the rating of ballistic glazing you undergo, from penetrating initially. So it increases the likelihood that law enforcement can get to you before the bad guy gets in. So ballistic glazing is an incredibly important. It also helps in if you get the right kind of ballistic glazing in the event of a bomb. Instead of that glass turning into shrapnel, it holds the glass together. Additionally, access control access control is one of the biggest things that you should consider in hardening your facility uh and a lot of people think they have it I, I had this happen at my kids school recently and i was really perturbed because they think they know what they're doing because they have these great people that had very notable past backgrounds and yet this is still happening even at my school with those people that run it and um we all have these buzzers on our schools nowadays. Most of us have a little camera and a buzzer and you go ding dong and they can see you. And then who are you? Why are you here? Um, But what you see most often happening is come on in and then the person is in and then they figure out why they're there. And this happened at my kids school. And I had to have a conversation with them about not following proper protocol. They let in a delivery person. Our school doesn't allow deliveries during school hours, does not allow food deliveries to the students. And yet, uh, One of the individuals, a person who should know better, uh, buzzed them in directly, didn't ask any questions. And that person gets in and they're looking at their phone go, oh, I have a delivery for so-and-so. And 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 then that school person had to be like, we don't accept deliveries at our school. But the problem is is you should have known that outside the locked door. You should have known that before they were granted access to a secure zone. What if that was a bomber? What if that was a shooter? You just allowed them into the school, they shoot the front access, they shoot their way through the glass door, they unlock from the other end because they can reach through the glass and they have free access to your school to start carnage. Even worse, you as a parent, Shelby, I'm gonna pick on you because you're here and it's you and me. How many times have you held the locked door of your school open for Bob to enter? Because you know Bob and your kids have been to school for a couple of years and Bob's our friend and we've gone out on occasions and so you let Bob in, innocently thinking you're being kind and respectful to Bob. And you didn't let Bob buzz in. But you don't know that there was a DV issue last night, and Bob has a restraining order protecting the kids and his wife from him. And Bob actually showed up to the school to essentially kidnap the kids because he's a flight risk and try to get them out of the state or the country. And you just let Bob into your school. You, through complacency, just allowed a threat into your school. We can't hold those locked doors open thinking we're being kind. We're actually being more kind by saying, hey, you need to hold on and go through proper security procedures and letting that door close behind Mm -hmm. us than we are to let somebody pass through that door. It's far safer to our children and to the families. Uh, Every parent, so I just did a, a public speaking engagement on this a couple of weeks ago, and there's been about 49 deaths since 2018 in the United States to school shootings and 80 plus injuries. And out of that, right, we're going to say over 100 people that have been impacted by that as far as direct injury or death, uh, let alone the mental uh, issues that are happening with those students that have had to experience an active shooter situation in their school. Every one of their parents thought one key thing, it will never happen here. Yep. Or never happened to me. And yet, yep. 49 parents have now buried their child, children that had that thought. Over 80 parents have had to deal with permanent or temporary school uh, shooting related injuries, let alone mental related injuries uh, to their students because they thought it would never happen to them. Complacency in the Marine Corps, we say complacency kids. And we have to be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. We can no longer think that it will never happen to me. We have to take the proactive measures in order to protect our schools, our facilities and our children from these threats that are seeking to cause harm. Bad guys are seeking to cause harm to children because that really impacts us more than anything watching children get injured. And over 49 children that have been killed in the last five years, how many teachers have to go home and remember that horrific scene in their head for the rest of their life? We have to do something.
1: Shane, you always make me feel (laughs) so vulnerable, but it it is true. No, it's but what you do is your service or your company provides those protective services for those threats out there that we don't want to think about, and that we as parents want to make sure that we are safe from, and our kids are safe from. And we need there are things that we can do on our own. It's not that we're necessarily doing anything wrong, but there are more measures we can take to be able to protect better and i think you're starting to put out some more content about this some articles yeah. i know that you're working on kind of a a training protocols to be able to help people be better at defending themselves but yeah. really people need to come to you to talk about what is appropriate and what it, where we can better our own protection
0: i'm so. one of many professionals in this industry right and, and there's some that we've teamed with that value the same things we value. It isn't just from the physical arm side, right? It is the proactive side. It is having the emergency plans in place. It is facility hardening. It is understanding how to spot and address these potential risks before they become a threat. Behavioral threat assessment uh, is really crucial. Teachers and security professionals should be trained on, school administrators. And, And HCCI protection brings most of those resources through our partners or ourselves to the table to either help teach parents, school officials, and administrators how to uh, better harden their facility and get different versions of training uh, to be safer in what they're doing and to hopefully prevent that threat from becoming a reality.
1: Absolutely. Shane, where can can our listeners find information about you?
0: Uh, One of the best ways you can find information about us is to go to our website, which is www.hcciprotection.com. Um, another, if you really want some information, it's eye-opening. Please be, I mean, Shelby, you've read it. It's yeah. its a little scary, but understand that this is a reality, and you either run from it and become part of the problem, or you address it and help, help be part of the solution. But we've created an article, uh, Is Your Child Safe? Uh, what You Don't Know About School Security. And this is outlining many different holes in our schools that are allowing the doors to be invitingly open for bad guys to enter and commit horrific acts of violence against our communities and our families and our schools, and I encourage anyone, it's a 10-page informational article. Uh, I encourage everyone to go to my website. There'll be a small pop-up that happens, and and you put in your email, and you'll be prompted to be allowed to download it immediately. Um, There's some other articles on our website as well, under the news and blog section, that outline other things of security, uh, from schools to law enforcement, integration, to Jewish-based security, to uh, school information, facility hardening, and various other topics um, to help you better understand where you can fall in being more proactive on these measures.
1: Well, Shane, I thank you for the continued information you provide our communities, and just thank you for your service and desire to protect others, because it's, uh, it's will be helpful for all of us to know that. So thank you very much.
0: Thank you for that, Shelby, I appreciate it.
1: And just to wrap up the interview, I will make sure to include all of the resources in the show notes so you can find them as listeners. And if you ever have any security measures that need to be implemented, or you want to talk to Shane more about these these issues within schools, or what you can do, or even, self, how we can be more protective of ourselves, I encourage you to reach out to Shane. So Shane, thank you for coming on the interview today.
0: Thank you for having us, Shelby. We appreciate it.
1: And to all you listeners out there, I'm always here to explore how our genius ideas can help make our community better and more safe. So Shane, thank you again, and we'll see you next time.
0: See you next time, Shelby. Thanks for listening to Culture, Communication, and Brand Moments with your host, Shelby Joe Long. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we will see you on the next episode.